Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-host, Till... Yeah, it's Till. Yeah, I'm here. We're good. Still I, I haven't, gone, haven't gone store crazy yet. Still coming to us from the void. Yes, yes. Live. Uh, uh, you know, things are dark, as always, in the void. Um, the voice often gets lost, um, you know, so you don't hear everything that you say all the time. And then you start screaming, and then all of a sudden it amplifies it, so it gets really loud. Yeah, you know. If you're new stuff. to the show... RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and uh, go gently into that good night in the void. <laughs> go gently into the void. <laughs> About various let it, aspects. Let it take you. Of D&D 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Uh, yeah, you know, how is... How is uh... Talking about the void, there's actually a movie called The Void. Yeah. Uh, I believe it is on Netflix. At least okay. it was when I saw it. Uh, if you like horror movies especially ones that are somewhat Lovecraftian in nature, it is a pretty good time. Okay. I, uh... I know we're all looking for shit to watch these days because, you know, there's only a million options, but how can you decide on just one? Yeah, I feel I saw some stats that the most streaming bandwidth is being eaten up by streaming services and Netflix and things like that. It's not video games. It's not pirating. It's not email. It's people watching shit. Yeah. You know, what else what else you do? I mean, honestly, I'm not watching much. My wife was watching Outlander. I told you all. You did. You did. She I watched fit. I watched Tiger King. Oh my god. Yeah, that was a big thing uh recently. Was Tiger King. Oh my god, dude. Like I, I, I loved it very much. It was very enjoyable to watch. And I've never in my life watched something where I said, "God, I hope they all die or go to jail." Like, I wasn't rooting for anybody, and that's... How do you make a show where you don't root for anyone? I was you based kind of, it on real life. I was rooting for the guy making the film. To finish yeah. the film, I think, was my goal. I think that was probably his goal, too, is just finish this fucking thing. Took him five years. I have not watched it. Um, generally not watching anything as always. So, so I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's only seven episodes. It's like five hours altogether. It's very highly entertaining. It's five hours. I'm not going to get back, man. <laughs> Sorry. I have only so much time in my life. I don't know what to tell you. Too right. much time on my hands. So welcome back, people, to our uh, our journey. Yes. We're going through I'm the races. I'm going to druid name him Tiger King. It's going to be wonderful. Is he going to have a tiger or is he going to become a tiger? Both. What if you made a ranger with an animal companion? Then you'd be failing at the game. Well, the new revised ranger. Still failing at the game. It's still garbage. It absolutely is. Um, so we're going two by two through all the races. Last week we were lucky and we rolled a bonus race and we added ah, we added the Goliath in. Might get another one this week. We'll see. So we are we are left currently with a dwarf, an elf, a human, a half elf, and that's it, right? I believe... Dwarf, elf, human, half-elf. What did I miss? Did I miss one? Have we done gnomes? We did gnomes. We did? Yeah. Yes, we did. I feel like we're missing... Wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. What are we missing? Humans, half-elf, dwarf, I just miscounted last time. Yeah, maybe we just miscounted. Yeah. Okay, well, 
It's okay. It all worked out. Done goofed, people. Get um, you that D4. So we've got four left. So let me go ahead and roll a digital D4 here. Ha-cha! Oh, my God. I rolled a one again. We're going alphabetical. It's the dwarf. A derf. Oh, man. The dwarf. I feel like the dwarf is arguably the least represented race in player campaigns. Um, God, I feel like I actually just had the stats on that the other day. And I feel like you're not far off from the PHB. I think I saw that half-orcs or gnomes, I think, were the bottom two. And then I find like that right there at three. They're, they're just underrepresented. People do not play dwarfs. Well, uh, I mean, do you really want to be a dwarf? There's, they're good. They're good. No, 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 they're very good. Okay, so one, one thing they've going for them, they are like OG race. They are. Like dwarves have always been a thing. Right. You know, since the days of, you know, Balfour and... Gimli and all the greats. Yeah, they're you great. They're right there. You've got so much to work off of for dwarfs. Yes, uh, you know, and they've always been very heroic. They, they're, for they're, sure, they are adventurers. They're, they're adventurers, or they're very uh, industrious. You know, they are very strong members of a very strong race in history. But at the so, same time, I mean, you know. Wants to be a dwarf. Yeah, why don't? Why do you think people don't play dwarves? I honestly can't. I, just thinking in my own history, I have never been a dwarf in any game that I've ever played. I make dwarves a like big part of almost every you campaign. You do, and yet when you play, you're never a dwarf. I don't get to play that often. Um, but, but when you do, you're never a dwarf. So the last three times I've played, which has been the only three times I've played in like two years, you're right. I haven't been a dwarf. I've been. Uh, Halfling and uh, Roxo the Rock and Roll Clown. Yep, yep. And something else that's not coming to mind. But, I mean, I play dwarfs every time we play D&D because Did, I am wait, all the dwarfs. What, what was the first one you said? I mean, it was the Halfling. What about Cuckoo Jesus? Oh, yeah, that's the other one I couldn't remember. Cuckoo Jesus was the, yes, I was a Kenku. It was yeah. a Kenku and a Halfling and, a, and Roxo the Rock and Roll Clown. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, so if I had more opportunities, I'm going to be a dwarf because I wanted to make a dwarf wizard. You know? Yeah, and, that, and that's great. I think the problem is that, and I also, whenever I DM, there's always dwarves that are very prominent in the story, um, because I love dwarves, but I don't think I would want to play one for 20 levels. Like, when I make a character, that's what I think to myself, would I want to do this for 20 levels? Now, to be fair, we're neglecting the most popular dwarf of all time. Uh, is that a Bing Bong Wachong? That would be a Bing Bong Wachong. Uh, which was obviously the Dan's most legendary dwarf. in your world. The most one of the legendary dwarfs in my world, and he went from early levels, I think level three, all the way to level twenty. Yes, and he loved every minute of it because a, a mountain in, appeared in the next campaign. You know, only briefly, but yes, but a mountain dwarf barbarian, you can't, you really can't do better than that. There, so there are. I'm trying to make this so I don't say it wrong. There are no other races that give you plus two to two different stats. There's plenty that give you plus two, and then, like, half-elves get plus two, plus one, plus one. There's plenty that give you plus one to maybe three different things, like the Trident, but none give you plus two to two different stats, specifically strength and con. And if I'm making a barbarian, there is nobody I would rather be than a mountain dwarf barbarian. For realsies, they are 
like you can just picture this this stout ball of fury swinging a hammer around, crushing things so easily. So like, and the way I envision it, whenever I hear Mountain Dwarf, I imagine them being around, like we talked about last time, Goliaths and yeah. giants. And you know, in societies where small is bad, they have this constant chip on their shoulder, and they just have to crush things because of it. Well, you bring up giants, right? There is yeah. a a long historical and natural feud between dwarves and giants. I thought it was all. I thought, I'm not speaking that, but I thought that it was actually halflings that hated giants a great deal. The uh, whoa, there's a sound in my house. Um, the dwarves. Let's see. It used to be on here. Let's see. I know that dwarves hate goblins and orcs. I know those are the big ones because everyone's kind of fighting for space underground. In third edition, I guess you had a you had advantages when fighting giants. Yep. Um, but I think they actually removed those technical benefits you had here. But there's there's a natural feud between dwarves and giants because they occupy the same territory. And that's um, why also why they hate goblins and orcs. Right. In they in that mountain giants hill giants, stone giants, and storm giants, who can all arguably live in mountains, are going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they're not going to tolerate you being there. Stone giants, maybe. And dwarves are notoriously loyal, and they hold grudges. They belong. Like, this is our place. We've been here for 200 years. We're not fucking leaving because some giants are coming 2, through. For 2,000 years. I mean, dwarves live long lives. Dwarves do live a long time. They uh, How long does a dwarf live? Uh, we didn't get there. We 350 years. There you go, yeah. Can you imagine living that long? That's just average. There's probably like 450-year-old dwarves out there. Yeah, there might be a 500-year-old dwarf out there. Yeah. Which would be stupid. Now, but they again, have... most of the barbarians don't get past the age of 50. No, but... obviously. Um, But they have these big, expansive kingdoms that are underground, you know, and it's... Mining like, is not a slow process. No, building these kingdoms is not a slow process, which leads me to believe, really, that the vast majority of dwarves probably come from a pretty rich history, both literally and figuratively. Yes, especially if they're in a proper dwarven city. They and their family have been there for millennia. So they might be, they're probably, by human standards, coming from high resources, high wealth. 100%. Like, you might be poor in a dwarven clan speaking, but like you leave and go into a human town and you have all these gemstones and like, holy shit, this guy's fucking rich, but he's a dwarf. I think it was uh, the uh, um, Dragon Age games that per- that showed dwarves in a caste system. Yes. And I much. actually thought that was, I, I feel like that's how it is in my mind in D&D as well, is you get these caste systems where a poor dwarf is like a fucking rich anyone else. Right, you exactly. Know? They go they, to the they go to like a halfling, they go to the Shire, they're fucking rolling in it. Because they are they're down there where all the goods are. Yeah. And to be honest, uh they live a long time. Like elves so can accumulate wealth over that mm-hmm. amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you if you took a human being with all of its industriousness and gave it a long lifespan, it could accomplish a hell of a lot more. The world wouldn't exist anymore. No, we'd all be dead. Um, but anytime, you know, think about any of the media that you consume where a human being is immortal or lives a long time or, like, even a vampire lives a long time. They're always wealthy. 
because they yeah. get to play the long game. And by virtue of playing the long game, you will win. 100%. Not only that, but, you know, uh, at least in terms of, like, vampires and such, you can just fucking kill people and take what they have. No one's going to catch you or do anything about it. Well, we, we look at our dwarves. We look at our dwarven <laughs> alignment. Dwarves most are doing that. Most are lawful, right? Yeah. Because you talk about the caste system, their societies are structured. Very structured. Right. They uh, they tend towards good, but, you know, I don't I don't buy that. I feel like evil dwarves make for... I mean, there's a whole section on evil dwarves, the Durger. Yes. Dwer- Dwerger, I can never Dwer- say it. Dwerger. I think it's Dwerger. Um, but I feel like evil dwarves, a whole clan of evil dwarves could exist that exploits the resources, you know, they, they tap into underground as opposed to, you know, creating I, this enormous city. I feel like their long lives is what leads them to be good because evil people don't live long. I have a couple liches that are going to talk to you. Again, <laughs> they they had to do some fucked up shit to get there, and I guarantee you there are heroes regularly hunting them. That would be annoying, nobody, wouldn't it? Nobody hunts the city of good dwarves, is and, what I'm saying. And, hey, well, you could, you could, um, you could pull a a seed from your bag of beans and it turns into a, a pyramid <laughs> that crushes a bunch of dwarves. <laughs> like those a certain poor someone. motherfuckers. They all, never those saw du- it coming. all those dwarves were murdered because of you people. <laughs> Dead. No, because, because of one person. Because of one person. We had zero say in that. Um, so yeah, dwarves live a long time. They're lawful. They're not, sh- they're not small. They're just short. I think they're still medium creatures. They are. They're medium, but they're yeah, between four and five feet tall. Yeah. You know, they, they take up that full five-foot space. The problem is they are slower. Oh, yeah. I mean, short legs. Only 25 feet. But they, they do have a, an ability to counteract that, that your speed isn't reduced if you're wearing heavy armor. Which is nice. Now, I haven't... Uh, I, I Maybe I've missed it, but I have not found in any 5th edition book yet that shows my speed is reduced by heavy armor. Like, um, it's in it's like an optional encumbrance rule, I think. Ah, uh, because uh, in anything that I've read, I keep looking for it. Once upon a time, that used to be the case. You wore heavy armor, your speed went down. It's just that's just right. the way it was. Right. But nowadays, uh, and that's why things like mithril heavy armor were very valuable because they didn't decrease your speed. Right. So nowadays. Like that must yeah, that must be optional. And the next time I DM, it will be a fucking official because I'm sick of heavy armored people running as fast as light armored people. It makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. I and I think that's probably an oversight that the main rules don't have. Um, I think it's oh well. I think that leads back. We've had this discussion many times with fifth edition just trying to be a streamlined version of the game. They didn't want to make extra rules just because they could. Well, I do want to actually really quick now that we're on this. Uh, I think the I think the main rules mention the strength requirement related to the speed. So if I go to heavy armor, heavier armor mm-hmm. interferes with the wearer's ability to move quickly. Check. If the armor table shows a strength requirement, the armor reduces the wearer's speed by ten feet unless the wearer has a strength score equal or higher to it. Yeah. So I think that it, makes sense. So you could be a weak person wearing heavy armor and just be slow. But I could be a a relatively weak dwarf and not be slow. That makes sense. So a dwarf, I always thought you just needed that strength just to wear the armor. So if I was a dwarf with only 12 strength, I can still wear full plate and be like, LOL, I'm re- moving at regular speed. If you're a dwarf with only 12 strength, you did it wrong. Because look, to your point, how are you wearing heavy full plate and still running? If I have 16 strength, 
if I put if I took a, a, a player character from Dungeons and Dragons with 16 strength and introduced yeah. them to the world, you're one of the strongest people on planet Earth. Yeah. Like that's a that's a that is a football playing giant, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So of course that guy can wear full plate and run in it. Yes. Um, so I'm glad those strength requirements exist, but dwarves don't have to worry about that. Uh, uh, what is it? I think it's Gimli that says dwarves are natural, natural sprinters. sprinters. Yes. Yes. Uh, dwarves have your favorite ability. They have dark vision. They they have so it says superior dark vision, and they used to have superior dark vision. It's not actually superior anymore. It's just regular it's dark. The same vision. as everyone else. Um, they have advantage against poison, resistance to poison damage, which is huge. Do you think that's just from like? Fighting creatures underground like snakes yes. and spiders and shit. And, and specifically drow. Drow. Yeah, drow, drow. The drow are big on poison, so it's it's very valuable to be able to eat mushrooms and not get poisoned, things like that, and fight your enemies, giant spiders, uh, drow, dwerger, those things fucking that drow. use poison. Yeah. Um, and the, I think a, it's actually a pretty big ability that they get is proficiency with these weapons. Battle axe, okay. hand axe, throwing hammer, and a war hammer. Proficiency with a war hammer, naturally. I feel like that specifically lends itself to things like clerics. It, well, yeah, you you could get to be these other classes that don't get these weapon proficiencies and still use a war hammer is a great weapon. It is great a weapon. It's a versatile, like literal versatile D eight bludgeoning, yeah, or a D ten two handed. Like that's a great weapon. Mm -hmm. So being able to just use that out the box without even picking a class that can use weapons, you can use full plate and not be slowed down. You can use a warhammer without a class that can use it. Like you're ready to be up on the front lines. Doesn't matter. You can be a cleric and not be a strong cleric. You can actually be a spellcasting cleric as a dwarf and still legitimately protected and armed. Yes. Now here's um, the best part about the dwarf. If they you say have, best, I'm about to say worst, but you go right ahead. They could have a proficiency in brewer's supplies. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> Next ability, stone cunning. The least used racial ability in the history of racial abilities. I am very easily able to detect the origin of this stonework. You're like, when I've never, ever, 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 ever. First of all, people don't play dwarves. Second of all, nobody uses this. No one that I know of has ever once said, I would like to make a history check about this rock. Well, it's about stonework, not about rocks. I'm, but I'm just saying, like, no one's ever said that. And as the DM, you've, ne you've never... You've never planned for that. You didn't You didn't set aside, like, oh, you know what? The type of stonework here is a relevant clue. Yeah. Like, like I didn't set that aside. Once upon a time, remind me... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Dwarves used to be able to detect, like, hidden doors and shit correct. because of their they, stone cunning. They did, yes. That's yes. what stone cunning was for. Yes, and that's awesome. Like, you can see that these stones don't line up properly. There is a small gap between them. There must be a door here. That's how that, that ability makes used all to work. the sense in the world. That was that was way better. Yes. This is just, I don't know what the fuck this Next. is. And you didn't even have to say, I'm making this check. Didn't you just automatically get one as a dwarf anytime you walked past um, a stone I don't stone remember exactly, door? but it, it functioned some way like that where you, 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 got a, you either got a bonus to the checks or you automatically got to make, get the to check make a check. Like, yeah. yeah, something like that. So this ability is pretty much garbage um, for a variety of reasons. It doesn't hey, even work in, like, a role-playing ability. Yeah. Short of if you are a party of archaeologists, maybe I can right, see but it. Right, but that's the point. Your DM would have to make a conscious effort to make this significant. Whereas, yes. like, tool proficiencies and weapon proficiencies, 
it, it just is significant on its own. Languages, significant on their own. Your speed, your dark vision, significant on its own. This, I have to actually make the active effort to, to help you use it. 100%. 100%. If you as the DM don't go out of your way, it's not getting used. So I think this ability sucks. Um, their languages are pretty straightforward. Dwarvish and common. Common. Uh, but here's here's our babies. Quick question. I, and I don't know this off the top of my head. I feel like the answer is no. But are there any races that don't speak common? Not in the core races. In, in any of them. Like, I was uh, trying to think about I'm looking the at the Volos Monstrous Adventures. Those might. Bugbears, common. Hobgoblins, common. Goblins, common. Kobolds, common. Yanti, common. Orcs, common. I guess, I guess if you're an adventurer, you're going to speak common. Technically, Kanku speak whatever they have been around. Yes. So they most likely speak common because everyone speaks common. Well, they speak and understand common in that they understand the language when you speak to them and they can formulate words using the sounds mm-hmm. that they've heard that come across as common. Um, and then, yeah, Warforged get it. Yeah. Shifters get common. I mean, there's a reason it's called common, sir. I know, but, like, English is common. Not everyone speaks English. Well, that's a, that's actually a totally different distinction. Your world, your world didn't. But my my point is, why is common everywhere? That's my point. It's like galactic basic in Star Wars. Again, there there are plenty of races that don't speak it. In in the D and D universe, the human race is not diversified through its um its cultures. Why do gifts speak common? Why do gifts get common? Yeah, because they interact with other things. Literal aliens from another world. And, and they, they interact common. with other entities that they need to... Common Common is the, the basic language you can all share. That way you can all interact with each other. I don't like it. No, of course. It's stupid. Why do they speak common? But if, like... Again, your, your, your comparison, if English is common, everybody in the European countries, they all speak English, even though it's not their primary language. So, they, so somebody from Germany can talk to somebody from Spain. Yeah. Right? So my elf can talk to my dwarf because you both speak common. This oh shit! What I do? What do you do? No, nothing. Just keep going. Um, well, let's just talk about their sub races really quick. Um, hill dwarfs. Fish people speak common. Why do fish people speak common? That's a stupid question. Of course, fish people speak common. Jesus Christ! Uh, hill dwarf. Hill dwarfs are your clerics. Classic. They they get a wisdom score boost. Or a very beefy druid. That's true as well, but. You say beefy because your hit point maximum increases by one and increases yep. one every time you gain a level. So basically, you gain one extra hit point per level. In my Monday group, we have a for- a dwarven forge cleric. Yes. That's a hill dwarf. Yes. His health... I- I'm a barbarian. His health is currently five hit points more than mine. Wow. So his con is pretty- up there. No, I'm pretty sure we have the same con. How is that possible? I think, right? He might, he might, yeah. Because no, your hit dies higher. He's, his, con is, his con is one more, so he gets plus one from being a hill dwarf. I think he gets plus one from being a forge cleric or some shit like that. Uh... And he gets, and I think he's got a plus three, so a, so he's got a five, eight, so he gets ten a level. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right. I mean, if you look at your constitution score increases by two for the dwarf traits, that's an extra hit point per level. Plus mm-hmm. an extra hit point per level of being a dwarf. So being a hill dwarf nets you two extra HP per level over some other race. Yeah. Which is insane. 
It's incredible. It's it is especially incredible at like low to mid levels. A little less incredible, like level twenty, for example, but still good. Yeah, I mean, especially now a hill dwarf barbarian would have so much health and oh armor, and armor. But he would he would never wear the armor. No, unless I mean was, his, your constitution modifier a, is your mm, unarmored. Or unless he is a dwarven battle ranger. Wait, that wears do monks armor. monks ACs from wisdom index right? Yes. Dwarven, hill dwarven, monk. Yeah, could. There you go, could, right there. Could. Um, so your mountain dwarf, though, your mountain dwarf's your barbarian. Barbarian, fighter. Um, That's it. <laughs> more, no, you can be a paladin. Paladin, uh, yeah. More, uh, a much more fighter-based paladin with smiting abilities. And you get proficiency with light and medium armor as a mountain dwarf, which I find interesting. Well, I think, I think that literally lends itself to you being some sort of spellcaster. You can just get, you have the proficiency already. Yeah, because if you're a fighter sweet. class, you gain the armor proficiencies anyways. Yeah, so, like, that leads me to think someone like, you know, a mountain dwarf valor bard could be a thing. Yeah, I'm wondering where that comes into play. It's no, because really valor bards are to get medium armor. Um, a, 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 a rogue? I don't know. Warlock? Warlock? Uh... Mountain Dwarf Warlock or something? Yeah, I don't know where the strength comes in. It's like, well, if I'm using strength, that means I'm a melee class, so why am I getting this armor? Pack to? pack to the Blade. So, no, that'd be good. Okay. Yeah, Warlock. Pack to the Blade. You get uh, strength, which helps your attacking with your melee weapon, with your blade. You get Con, which helps with your health, because you only get a D8 as a Warlock. And then, you know, you have the medium armor, so you don't have to worry about your decks as much. I guess. I guess a Mountain Dwarf... A Mountain Dwarf, Pack of the Blade, Warlock. Wow, what an outlier he would be in society. He'd be great. I'd, I'd enjoy that. If I would, if I'd make a, if I made a dwarf, that might be it. Well, there you go. Different. There's your there's your next dwarf. That's, I think that's the other thing is, why would we make a dwarf when the best dwarf was already made? Like, Bing, none of us are going to... Our Lord and Savior, Bing Bong Machung. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> top it. No, no never. No better. Um, all right. Uh, I think we covered dwarves pretty well. Let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be right back. Sounds good. All right, uh, we're back. So we were talking about video games briefly, but I wanted to say um, that I've read a couple articles about people getting mad that Baldur's Gate 3 is going to be turn-based instead of like the first two were, where you kind of just hit pause, do your things, and then hit play, and then hit pause, do your things, and hit play. Sure. I love that it's going to be turn-based because literally D&D is turn-based. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be more D&D-ish. Like, I have, that's what I've always wanted. I don't need another, you know, Dragon Age. I don't need another Skyrim. I'm not trying to play that game. I want to play the video game version of D&D, and I think that's what they're doing, and I'm very happy about that. Well, I think that. That, that model, a Dragon Age model, on a console, it always stressed me out. Oh, I loved it. Like, I loved the game, but it stressed me the fuck out having to pause it, run to all my characters with the with the, the controller, <laughs> instruct them all what to do, say go. One of them takes a crit to the face, so I have to change the plan, pause it, again, go back to everything. And one of them can't run to you because he gets stuck on a rock, pause it, change it again, hit the taunt, it doesn't work, change it again. Like, especially when you're fighting a dragon, like... See... I never had the I I always had my uh, what 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 was that setup? Or not they weren't macros. What was the setup that you could essentially you could put if this happens then do this. Yeah, if this you happens, had then, behavior priorities. Yes, and I had essentially like 
15 of those per character set up. And it would just do essentially what I would want it to do anyway. So I never had to do that. I just focused on my main character and said, okay, let's make sure you can do everything you need to do. I just think the AI wasn't great for combat, especially in, honestly, Dragon Age like 1 and 2 AI worked out being better than Inquisition's AI. I don't dispute that, yeah. actually. I think I feel like the second one had the best AI, if I remember. I haven't played them in a while, but I remember liking it, but hating just the actual, like, kind of mashing, like, where you're just constantly hitting A to try and do your quick attack. Yeah, I did not like that. Um, all right, so we've got a little bit left here. Let's go ahead and do one of our last three yep. races. And you're are you sticking by the if I roll a four, we're going... Uh, I would say let's just roll a d6, 1, 2, elf, okay. uh, 3, 4, half elf, 5, 6, human. Okay. Uh, ka-chow! I rolled a 1 again. Okay, we're I on the elf, so which is good. Because I really didn't want to do the elf, half elf episode, so I'm actually very happy for this. So we've got an elf. That means next week will be um, a half elf and a human. And now that we've said elf, uh, the ASMR formerly known as Tabin is going to appear somewhere saying they are the best. Oh, yes, there he is. Look at that. Ah, yes. Uh, there's nobody in the world that loves elves as much as he does. Yeah, Tavy baby, I, you're an Azamar. Get over it. You're, you're an Azamar. You're not an elf, buddy. You're yeah. too nice. It's Look, at, elves, we're saying uh, it on a podcast. Therefore, it's true. Yes, elves are much more... Uh, Haughty. I don't want to say pompous. Yeah. Haughty. Yeah, Th they're higher on themselves than you are. You are far too humble, thus you are an Azamar. Yeah, I think that uh, I'm, that's mostly the high elf perspective, right? Is like looking down I, your nose at people. But even like wood elves are, but they're much more so if you're in the woods, you shouldn't be there because you're not good enough to be there kind of situation. The, you know what? Uh, correct me if I'm if I'm just totally out of line here. Elves are like the sort of cultural historical nation of Japan in the world. I not only don't dispute you, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. They, if they... I recall, the second character I ever played in 5th edition, I was still living in the last the place I lived before I came back here, um, I was an elf monk, and I think his name was, it was something very traditional, like like Yamakaze or something like that. Well, that's Just offensive. Very, <laughs> I think I pulled that from a show. Yeah, I'm only no. I'm only saying this with as the, like the most complimentary way. Not offensive in any way. In there, form. in that it's it's this, this sort of beautiful, rich culture that is hard to understand from the outside, at least historically, right? Because it was kind of insular. Yes, hundred um, percent agree. They're very long view historical. There's this connection to nature, like a Shinto connection to nature, and they have a specific racial connection to certain weapons. Mm-hmm. That is very much like a sort of Japanese sort of historical samurai connection to certain the weapons. Yeah. yeah. So I really feel like you could you could make an argument that elves are like the the, the nation of Japan. If you're the, trying to make a real world equivalent, because you can't fathom it in your mind in a fantasy world. Yeah, the dwarves are the Scottish, obviously. Hundred percent. The Goliaths we established last week are the Norse Vikings, and yep. the elves are um, the nation of the sun. Yeah. Perfect. I think that makes sense. Um, we're done. Wrap it up. Let's go home. Yeah, I think we're good. Uh, oh, we're here. They are. Uh, they so, are ancient, long living things. To, I'll say, according to the book, uh, the the actual words, 
I think the section, uh, a timeless perspective is a great example. That first sentence, elves can live well over 700 years, giving them a broad perspective on events that might trouble the shorter lived races more deeply. Yeah. Right. If, if you live on average to 750 years old on average, right. Um, yeah. you're gonna, you're gonna look at these human settlements, which come and go every two generations. Like what is, what is wrong with these creatures? The thing that I always think of is if there was an elf alive today, it would look at things like stock market crash and be like, eh, whatever, it'll be fine in 100 years. Oh, yeah, the way that you and I might look at a week that's up or down, they'd be like, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, it's all good. They, uh, you should have seen it in the 1900s. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's um, part of the timeless perspective is they wouldn't experience big swings in emotion and would seldom mm-hmm. experience really powerful emotions. Yes. Because even yep. even if you like you were an elf and you had this friend for a long time, like a childhood friend, and you both lived to be 750 and they die, you wouldn't be sad. You'd be like, well, yeah, he was alive a long time. He's probably we, we were we spent 750 years being you know friends. Yeah, that was like, it's know, good. It's all good. He 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 earned that. You know. Yeah. You you wouldn't really get these big swings of sad and happy or whatever. And um, if you have human friends, you already know they're doomed. Oh yeah, exactly. Like they'll be they'll be dead in a a fraction of my lifetime. If a, if a thirteen year old elf made friends with a thirteen year old human, that human would die before the elf was considered an adult. Oh yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, there's another part in here which I really like in that elves who are uh, like if they're if their woodland homes invaded. The elves will just retreat, confident they can just wait out the invaders. <laughs> like, oh yeah, they'll just die and we'll go back. They have, you know, their own elven form of Helm's Deep that they know will hold. They hang out there for a couple hundred years. They come back and take it back. Much like nature. I feel like that's the kind, like you were mentioning, that kind of tied nature. Elves and nature are similar in that they last. They right. will be there. Hopefully. Which, um, you know, unless this, somebody snaps them out of existence. This strategy um, actually was tried by the elves in the Witcher books of like, oh, we'll just we'll back out and the humans will die. Um, and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> that the humans just kept spreading like a fucking plague. And the humans elves eventually and the elves eventually had to, to fight and they lost because they, they couldn't there wasn't enough of them, you know. So, like, it can not work out for you, but if you take a truly long perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, the humans will kill themselves. We'll just mm-hmm. wait and pick up the pieces and rebuild because who cares? And there's not, there's probably not a lot of them. Elves? Yeah. No, I, I always picture, like, elven birth just being, like, the worst fucking thing. Really? Yeah, like, you gotta figure, you know... They do, they do not have the build for pumping out a bunch of kids. No. Like, they do not have, you know, the attributes that typically lend themselves to people being able to reproduce in mass. It was a it was a 3.5 thing, but I'm pretty sure their gestation for carrying a baby is like two years. Like, that's how long they're pregnant for. I believe it, yeah. Which is obviously awful. Um, but I would like to think that elves had probably mastered the art of giving birth. And it's more of a ritual than like a hospital visit, you know. <laughs> it, they're in this like moon glowing pod. Exactly right. They, the, they, the yeah, whole it might be un- families around. It might be uncomfortable, but they've got it down to a science. You drink this herbal tea. 
You sit in they this warm spring. There's a bard right there, and it's all great. And no one, no one's screaming. You're just kind of uncomfortable. And it's kind of fun because you know it's the one this year that's happening. So yeah, it's right. Like and it's, gets it's the one time that you're going to have a baby in your 700 years on Earth. You know. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it, not many. I feel like I remember that especially from third edition. Not many elven families have more than one child. Yeah, they're small. They're small because. You don't. You're gonna live a long time. I don't need to have a bunch of kids. Yeah, if you are literally reproducing surely to pass your traits on, you only need one. Yeah, and like, only maybe if that one gets killed or something, do it again. But humans, where you have four kids, three of them die to starvation. Uh, you know, then I gotta have some more, so I end up having seven kids total. So I'm they're just practically walking out of there by the time I'm done. These elves yeah, don't have to worry even, about that. Even still, like. And what you said about, you know, if that one dies, we can have another one. You have 700 years. Exactly. If something happens in the first 200, okay, we'll try again. Right. What's a, you know, you want to be an old elf dad? Yeah. You have your kid when you're in your 500s. 500s? (laughs) (laughs) But even still, you get 250 years with your kid. Yeah, right. They're Um, an adult. So let's jump down to our elf stats here. They get a dex boost. Of course. Very, very naturally agile, uh, slender, very um, graceful creatures. I got to get that dex boost. Yeah, they they are, I think graceful is a good word for it, which also lends to their tendency towards chaos. They're kind of fluid. Mm -hmm. It's not about laws, but more about like culture and like doing what's right in the long view. So you can, you kind of just disregard, you know, the rules in favor of what you know is going to work. Yes, yes. I like your um, stock market analogy. It's like, oh, well, you buy high and, or you buy low and you sell high. But if you're an elf, you're like, no, 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 no. Listen here. I know how this is going to work. I'm going to do it my way. Like, it's, that's, that's what the chaos is. Yeah. I'm an elf. I'm literally going to buy, like, a hundred of every small stock that I can find, knowing that as long as one works out, I'm gold. That's exactly what it would be. I think the stock market yeah. analogy is really good for the elves because – they could they could or do anything. Elves or vampires. Yeah. Yeah. Twilight, sure. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Weren't they doctors or something in that? Um yeah, but the one could see the future, so that's how they played the stock market. Oh, that's terrible. That's yeah. not fair. No, they Yeah, the the in Twilight <laughs> they all had like a lot of them had like special powers. One could read minds, one could see the future, one could manipulate your emotions, like you could they had a try. Man, how shitty would it be to be the one that you're the mantis of the freaking Guardians of the Galaxy? You can manipulate people's emotions. That blows. Uh, I mean, until you need to kill somebody. Like if how you, me, because I'm a what? vampire and I'm hunting you, I could just make you calmly sit there and accept the fact that I'm going to eat you. Oh. I mean, the, the seeing the future one's good because like, oh, well, I know where you're going to be most vulnerable. I'll go up there and eat you. But the mind reading is not necessarily the super helpful one in terms of hunting. If I'm a vampire hunting humans, I don't think I need to worry about them sitting still or not. Well, not in... I'm pretty sure I can win that fight every time. Not in a common society, but, like, back in the day when people were hunting vampires, you know, it might have been a little harder. Did you not read... Did you not read Twilight, sir? Uh, no, I did not read Twilight, (laughs) sir. I I did read uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula once upon a time. Yeah, that's... You never had a hard time with the human killing. That's not the same. <laughs> um, elves are not vampires, though. However, they do have your favorite ability. They have dang dark vision, and that's because they're accustomed to 
natural dim light. You know, when things get dark in the woods, things get dark. They don't have torches everywhere because they'd be probably afraid to burn the fucking forest down. Yeah, they're more accustomed to seeing by moonlight than anything. Yeah, moonlight, starlight, uh, bioluminescence is a big I thing. I love in the visual culture. of bioluminescence in an elven kingdom. Like, yeah. glowing yeah. fungi and mm-hmm. bugs and shit everywhere. Beautiful blues and greens yeah, just kind of light totally. up the area. Um, yeah. They get proficiency. They don't in... sleep. That's a big thing that we should talk about. Well, uh, hold on. Where is that? That's trance. Yeah, I was just going to yes. say they, they do get proficiency in perception and advantage against being charmed, and magic can't put you to sleep, which leads into the trance. Yes. Elves don't. Wait, there's an emphasis here. Elves don't need to sleep. Can sleep. Can. Yeah, exactly. It just says they don't need it. It's not. You can't be magically put to sleep, but you can still choose, like, you know what? I'm going to pass the fuck out tonight. Yeah. I, I haven't had a nap in 100 years. Let's see what the fuss is about. Yeah, I feel like it's probably, because uh, instead they, they meditate deeply, remaining semi-conscious for four hours a day um, in a trance. I feel like in the way that a human being, you know, I think Da Vinci used to take, like, 30-minute naps every two hours or something like that, or, or every four hours. I don't know if you, mm-hmm. he, he, he didn't sleep normally. I feel like an elf probably every century or so is like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to sleep. And I'm like gonna take a, I'm going to take a quick nap. And resets like your whole clock. Like, you know, yeah, I'm going to I'm actually going to go to sleep for 8 hours. Uh and then when I when I get back up, I'll feel really refreshed for the next century. When we'll get into it eventually, but a lot of elves have either a boost, they get the dex, but a lot of them get intelligence or wisdom on yeah. top of that. Yeah. And I think that comes a lot from the trance ability. They're only trancing for four hours a day, and then the other four of an actual long rest, they're reading, they're med- they're just thinking about life. Like, they are doing a lot of mental work in that time since they're not physically exerting themselves. 100%. Even, even when they're meditating, they're probably... Have you ever meditated before? Uh, yes, there's, but not for four hours. No, not for four hours. But there's still a part of your brain that's like... you. A lot of people think that meditating is like turning off your brain. It's not. It's just letting your thoughts flow over you without grabbing onto them. Like it, it often mm-hmm. takes like the, a form of just letting the things go. So their brains can still be going and thinking and writing songs and coming up with great ideas. So when they come out of that trance, like bam, I've got I've got something to think on now for the next two millennia or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so we're running out of time here in our second segment today. So let's just really quick talk about the high elf and the wood elf as our basic basic elves, and we'll kind of briefly touch on drow if you want to. It's so high elves, uh, very uh, they're they're the haughtier of the elves. Yes. Um, high is not just an expression for you know they live in, up high in the trees or some shit. They are very they're very high on themselves. Yes. They are very intelligent. They get the intelligence boost. Uh, they get any skill or tool proficiency they want, and they can double it. They essentially give themselves expertise into the, a skill or a, a tool. They get a cantrip because they're naturally magical. So that's incredible. It and is. It really get, is. Yeah. Um, and they get something else, right? Oh, they get another language. Well, they get of all the study. Um, elven weapon training. Did you say that? Yes, that too. Yeah, like. No, I didn't. This is what I'm talking about. They have proficiency with the longsword, short sword, short bow, longbow. They are. Warriors, it's in their blood. They have the fighting spirit. They just don't use it necessarily. Yeah. You know, they can fight, but they don't necessarily want so to. So these fight. are definitely your spellcasting elves. Dex intelligence. Like this is your this is a wizard. 
That's a wizard. They are uh, gnomes and elves are the best wizards. Yeah, I think if you're gonna make a wizard and you're gonna min max or you're gonna like lean into it, your high elf is your wizard. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so what's your uh, wood elf? And then wood elves are natural druids and rangers. Like that is For where sure. they lend themselves. Uh, they get the wisdom boost plus one. They also have elf weapon training. They are fast. They actually get an extra. You know, five feet I of didn't realize that about the wood elf. Yeah, they have a 35-foot movement speed. They also make a good cleric. Yes, yeah, depending on, you know, your domain. Probably a nature domain if I had you to say what? something. You know what? This elf also makes a good monk. 100%. Dex wisdom Dex and wisdom. that bonus to speed. You're even faster than the fastest monk on a human yeah. monk. Yeah. That's an interesting, a little wood ninja. Yes, wood elves are highly versatile. Yeah, I think uh, they are. They really, uh, uh, they could be many different things. They could even be a boat. Could even be a boat. Good job working it in. <laughs> All right, so lastly, let's quick talk about our, our dark elf. You know, and I think they get a bum rap. You know, are they evil? Yeah. yeah. You know, do they poison everyone they see? Yeah. Do they have, you know, underground systems, uh, you know, like the Egyptians used to, where they're just building shit with slave labor and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty bad people. But they get your super special they favorite They worship ability. a spider. They worship a spider. Can we just talk about that for a second? Uh, well, she's not a spider. She's a spider lady. She's a fucking spider. I God, I hate spiders, and I hate people that worship spiders. But they have superior dark vision. 120 feet! Actual superior dark vision. Yes. Not your basic-ass dark vision. They can see but, in darkness like, as if dim light to 120 feet. And that's because they literally never leave the underdark. Yes, they have sunlight. And when they do... They get blinded by the light. Which is weird that they know the dancing lights can trip. So they can see. Like, dancing lights produces very dim light. It produces, what, three orbs that give off ten foot of dim light? Yeah, it's just, it's just funny to me that like you get a, you're, you can't deal with sunlight, so I give you a spell that gives you light. Yeah, just a little bit of light, though. So they are definitely your, your bards and your sorcerers? Uh, yes, sor sorcerers especially. I don't think... Like, a drow bard could be made, but they're not... The kind of people that lend themselves to being bards. No, I think you're just not thinking about what a drow bard looks like. A drow bard would be a totally different flavor of, of like, weird, evil bard. See, I feel like they would just be a warlock at that point, worshipping, like, the, like, great old one or some shit. No, it would be like... Um, and I'll come up with something eventually, but, I, but the first thing that like, comes like, to mind like is, like, Metalocalypse. Yeah, a deathcore metal yeah, band. Yeah, deathcore metal. Oh. <laughs> well, no, to be honest with you, if you recall, um, uh, uh, Drow are naturally Australian-sounding. Ah, yes, because they come from the land down under. <laughs> All right, so we didn't learn or solve anything this episode. <laughs> Make sure to subscribe and rate the show wherever you found it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast. Feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rants at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. We're still going to try... If you're in Australia, don't hate us. We're still going to try to make this remote thing work for as long as social distancing is in place. Um, but Yes. What? And actually, to that point, I would like to hear um, people's opinions on the quality and, you know, anything that we can do to make it better, let us know. Yeah, we'll work on it. Um, so I hope you enjoyed it, even if it's a little jankier than normal. Um, and we will see you next time. Till then. Goodbye.